Hi, I'm Ariel. And I'm Twinny. And you're listening to Breaking Through the Podcast. Welcome back to Breaking Through the Podcast. Twinny is apparently rewriting our theme song. It's a work in progress. Um, it is because of our next guest, though. That's the song that our next guest makes me think of. She just inspires the happy. She does. She does. She inspires the fitness maniac in me. Do you like what I did there? I love what you did there. Uh, I'm just awful at jokes. But anyway, when it comes to fitness, we all need it to be somewhat fun in order to stick at it. Well, I know I do. Our guest today epitomizes making fitness enjoyable. She makes it accessible to all bodies and all abilities. Yeah, and today's episode is not just about a journey in the fitness industry. It's also about entrepreneurship, confidence, and rallying against all odds. Our guest built not one, but two businesses from the ground up. And she's been featured in magazine campaigns, partnered with huge brands, created an amazing virtual fitness experience. Not to mention, she's gone viral on TikTok. Please welcome Nikki Pebbles. Whereabouts are you originally from? Uh, New York, born and raised. As you can hear from my lovely accent, the New Yorker totally comes through very clearly. <laughs> well, that's very close to my heart because I'm born and raised in New York as well. So it's literally everybody I grew up with. <laughs> Boom, there we go. <laughs> and New York accents are celebrated on this podcast. And I'm from old York as well, if that makes any difference. <laughs> the original York that you guys named it after. So just, just say it. We've just got a bunch of York girls, new and old. I'm really excited to ask the first question because I feel like we've got loads in common being, yeah, well, New York, York, but you also started your career as a dancer. Mm-hmm. About jazz hands. Uh, so did I. So I'm really interested to talk about that. And I'd like the listeners just to hear a little bit more about your background and your life pre-fitness career. Sure. Um, so grew up dancing, started dancing when I was three. Um, and it was always just like the one thing that always just made me feel really happy. So it's very close to my heart. But when I went into high school, um, and I was about to graduate, I actually took my first entrepreneur and marketing class. And I was like, this is amazing. Cause I really, <laughs> I really didn't know. Like I distinctly remember struggling, like as early as fifth grade. Now I was a, I've always been a very deep thinker. So for me, I analyze everything. So I remember being like younger and thinking like, what is my talent? Like, what am I supposed to do? I feel like everyone else, even in elementary school, like had their thing. And even though I danced my entire life, I just, I don't know. I, I think because I just, it was just such a part of me. I didn't look at it as like an actual, um, you know, like a talent per se. Right. So when I got into high school and I did my the marketing class and entrepreneur class, I was like, wow, this is amazing. I love this. Um, however, when I went into college, I, I had a boyfriend and ugh, like enter eye roll here. I just like, I don't know why I didn't go the business route in college. My first year or two, I was like, I want to be a history teacher. Right. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> which, which I mean, fast forward to now, like teaching is, is so, so integrated and, and this isn't a hate on teaching. Teachers are amazing and should be, be getting paid an enormous amount of money. They are flipping amazing. But it just was for me, the laughing part is that I went literally a year before it'd be like, yes, business. And then I just thought to myself, oh, well, I have a boyfriend and, you know, being a teacher would probably be a good job. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But anyway, um, teachers are amazing and I appreciate them very much. So, so yeah, so went through college and then ended up going into psychology, switching my major again to psychology and was really big into psych, was going to get my master's in psych 
um, right after my bachelor's. And then lo and behold, I ended up wanting to try out to be a New York Jets cheerleader for the NFL. And yeah, and um, I went for the audition and they told me that I was too sexy. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> and I have never heard that before. No, I'm really sorry you can't do it because you're too sexy. Were you just like giving them like the, the side eye and the pout? I think what it was too, what was really funny was the audition, the, the group that I went in the audition with. So... So I've always pretty much had some sort of red hair, right? Like in my adult life, I wasn't as vibrantly red as it was back then, but it was still red. And the group that I was in was like everyone else got like all of these pop songs. Now, again, like I'm trained in like hip hop, American jazz, all that stuff. So everyone's getting all these pop songs, Britney Spears, all this stuff. And I'm in this group and it's me, the redhead with this like... This titanium like bra on, right? I thought I looked great. I had huge hoops on. So New York. Listen, it was so New York. It was amazing. I love However, it. However, everyone else had, and I don't tan, right? I, I'm proud of my freckles and <laughs> Norwegian skin, baby. And um, everyone else was tan, blonde, tall, and I'm like 5'3 with a huge butt. So I stuck out like a sore. <laughs> And of course, the song I get is like some Timberland, like amazing song. So I get excited and I booty pop so hard that my hoop flies out of my ear and ends up hitting one of the judges. Oh my God. That's incredible. To God. So. That's incredible. They should have given you the job just for that. Just for that. Like, just for that. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Even though you didn't get the job, you probably are a lasting, lasting impression on those judges forever because you gave it so hard that you're a hoop flew. I gave it so hard. I gave it so hard. And, you know, like, it's just, it's a, a moment that I can, I was really upset. Like, when I didn't make it, I was so upset, but... But honestly, like I look back and I just laugh so hard now because it's just like, oh my God. So I love them. I love them memories. I've loved them auditions. I've had a few of them where everyone, you turn up, everyone looks the same. Oh, and do you remember, like, depending on what audition you were going for, if it was a bit hip hop, you'd have your baggy, baggy pants <laughs> on. And then if it was like, um, I don't know, like contemporary or something. All my friends used to have, we used to get like tights, yeah. cut the crotch out and then have them as the arms. I'm, I'm like, I don't know why that was a thing, but that was a thing. Um, oh, that's so great. It's so great. Yeah, it was, it was a moment, you know, it was definitely a moment. So, so yeah, so I ended up, I didn't make it and I was really, really, really upset and then ended up just by accident. I was taking during that process of auditioning and getting ready for the Jets. I was taking these like dance fitness classes and became like utterly obsessed with one particular class. And, um, so much so that the teacher at the time ended up one day getting pulled over and never told the, the gym that he got pulled over. So we're like waiting in class. And everyone was like, oh my God, Nikki, you should teach. And I never taught a fitness <laughs> class before. And this was like in, this was like 10 years ago. So this, there, no, I didn't have an iPhone. Okay. Still rocking a flip phone. There was no internet on phones. They, I didn't have a laptop. I, I had to use the Jock Jam CD. <gasps> right. I mean, classic. Oh my God. Just so good. Classic. But like, that's what I used for class. And he came in with five minutes la left and he was like, I didn't know that you taught. I go, I didn't know I taught either. And there was 85 people in the <laughs> class too. Mind you, let me add that in. 85 flipping people in class. Um, so that's literally how I got into the fitness industry was like complete and utter accident. <laughs> I mean, that's how all the amazing things happen in life. It's like you're you're striving for this one goal, and then somewhere along the line, you pop into all these moments. I mean, for when I was looking into your career, it seems like you have such an amazing like drive and work ethic. Because outside of looking in, it's like you didn't miss a beat. I I see that you like worked 
for Kaboomka. I want to hear about that because it seems like it was a really big part of the beginning of your fitness career. Um, how did it begin for you? I mean, you did a DVD with them, tons of classes and events. So so literally that was actually the class that I taught that um, he got pulled over and <laughs> and I ended That's up amazing. teaching that class. Uh, so it was just – it literally, again – I was so obsessed with that class and it, it didn't have a name at first. So um, I was really obsessed with it. And at the time, again, I was in school for psychology, but that's when like Facebook and social media for, I, there wasn't even Instagram back then. Like it was literally just Facebook. Um, but when I graduated college, I didn't want to get a traditional nine to five. Um, so what I ended up doing was, I started helping because I said to him, I was like, oh my God, like you have so many people in class, like you should monetize this and make it a business. Um, so with both things going on, I was like, you know what, this is what I'll do. I'll, I'll start going door to, and when I say door to door, I mean like literally went to office complexes and went door to door. And I taught myself how to do websites and market on Facebook and create business pages. And I would go door to door and help people with their social media strategy and branding. And again, taught myself all this. I went to school for psychology. I literally like did, it was just so self-taught at that point and just started a side business. So then I could do, and then I also was selling, um, I was like, a. I don't want to say I would like go, it was like a marketing job with like a liquor company. So I would go to like uh, liquor stores and sell like the new bottles of things that were coming out. So I was like a salesperson and I would destroy the sales. Like I would walk, I was like top salesman for like literally a year because I just, you know, knew what people, yeah, I was like, hey, try this, you know, whatever. Um, but, <laughs> but so I did those two things simultaneously to build it up. And it really did teach me how to market myself and just learn about social media. And then I took that knowledge that I was learning and applied it to Kerbunka. So, you know, we really built and more specifically, I really built, <laughs> let me, it didn't end well. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> didn't end well, but I <laughs> ended up really building, um, the whole marketing process for the entire business. I ended up, um, you know, getting in touch with, I started with YouTube and we did like so many DVDs. I wrote a whole certification book, two different certification books. Um, we certified like over like 46, something like that instructors across the world. Like, and we, we did like huge trade shows and it was a really, it was a really huge learning experience. And that's the best way that I could put it. Um, Because it definitely wasn't easy. And it was one of those things where I learned to put a positive spin on it. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about myself, about um, being in a partnership with a business. I've also learned, I remember there, this is a really great story, just side note. I, I had an experience with a, with a potential investor where they thought that, um, I was the assistant <gasps> and the guy didn't want to shake my hand. Why is this shit so common? I am like every guest, every woman. He was like, you're going to take notes, right? No. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, right. <laughs> oh my God. I would be so pissed. Yeah. 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 Bad. I've also had, I had another investor who refused to give me share in the company. That's insane. Yeah. So like I had like it was again, I look back on it and look, I'm glad that it happened. You know, it taught me an enormous amount about business, enormous amount about how to design a business and run a business, the fitness industry. Like I could go on and on about how that experience and it was a I would say like a large chunk of my adult life. Um, I went such a complete opposite route from what people were doing. I mean, I started at 22. I graduated and went right into it. So like it was a really large chunk of my life, but I learned an enormous amount about 
everything. <laughs> about everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's invaluable. Knowledge is power. And what I, you know, what I love about you, and I, I feel like I can so relate to this. Have you, you know, you being a dancer, I feel there's a certain discipline that comes with being a dancer. Like you're first in, you're last out. You, to put it politely, you get treated not as well as you should do. And I feel like that early on, being instilled in you is kind of like the the drive and the discipline that you've had. You know, like I just love the fact that you went door to door and you're like, yeah, fuck it. I'm gonna go do whatever I need to do to make this work. And some of the most successful people in any industry do that because they just have a vision and they don't really, everybody's just making it up as they're going along. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like the, the truth is this too. What, no matter what the outcome of Kaboomka was in the end, what it ended up for you, it still laid the foundation you needed to become who you are and is such a great representation of what you're capable of. So, you know, I feel that so strongly. I mean, I feel like as women in industries, when you have something strong to say and when you have the drive to make it happen, you're going to come up with a lot of those moments where someone won't shake your hand or won't take you seriously. And you just have to keep trudging forward. It's unfortunate. Hopefully, I really hope for the next generation of women, they don't have to face those kind of rooms because it's at this point, I feel like uh, I feel like we're turning the corner, but, uh, but we've still had to deal with a lot. And I can't even imagine what the ones before us had to deal with. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. And that's why I talk about it so much is, is just because I, I also do feel like we don't talk about it enough. You know, yeah. I think entrepreneurship is like tied into this really pretty bow, especially for women. Like, oh yeah, bossy. Yeah. And it's just like, no, like, mm. <laughs> like it, it is really complicated. It is really hard. And I think it's really important to talk about those moments, especially with social media too, because you really only see one side of things. So yeah, you, yeah. you only see like the end product of stuff. But like, you don't see all of the other things that go into building a quote unquote successful brand or business. And it's hard. And you go, I've gone through, I've had people tell me that my voice sounds like chalkboard, like nails on a chalkboard. I've had people walk out of classes. I've had people tell me I suck. I've had, so I, when I tell you like over and over and over again, and it, the thing that the most important part is that you have to make sure that you're doing something that you're so beyond passionate about. Like that is the, and it's not even a thing. I feel like it is like, it's in me to help people feel powerful about themselves. That's the main goal. I mean, I can make people feel powerful, whether it's in coaching, whether it's in fitness, whether it's in business, like it's that feeling that I'm after. And and I think that's always been in me. So even when I've tried to walk away plenty of times from being an entrepreneur or or the fitness industry or whatever, it always brings me back because I can't, that's just in me. It's ingrained in me, but there's also a lot of grit to that. You know, like I've had to sacrifice a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff to, to really chase after my goals, you know, and yeah, definitely. I mean, you've made me feel really powerful <laughs> in the 20 minutes that we've been oh, speaking. <laughs> I feel like I could punk the world so much energy, but that's what I mean. Like, even you know, you've got such an energy about you, which I feel like just attracts people to you. You've got warmth, but you also feel like very real. And I know that sounds really weird because we're talking through a screen and I've never met you before, but that's <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting from you. Or maybe I just <laughs> maybe I've just decided you're gonna be my new best friend because you used to dance and like you're from New York and I'm from Old York and it's all great. It's meant to be. <laughs> I want to talk about when you became a Fit Girl Code ambassador in 2014. Did that feel like a, a huge turning point for you? Damn, you guys really did your research on me. Okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We're coming to the table. Okay. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Let's get into it. Um. So 
I, that's so funny that you guys brought that up. Oh my God. So yeah, it was a huge turning point for me. Um, I'm blown away by that. Yeah. So what's so crazy was around that time was when I really decided to push forward more with Nikki Pebbles than with Kerbunka. So that was the first time that I had some type of brand that wanted to bring me on. And I remember first seeing like the first article and crying because I was like, oh my God, like this is crazy. I was just so, I was just so excited because again, prior to that point, I was so put in the shadow of Kurbunka. I was always in the background. Um, you know, none of the, I remember, and I won't say what brand it was, but let's just say it was, it's a, it was a very big, very big fitness brand. Name, <laughs> shame, name clothing. and shame. <laughs> very big brand. And they didn't want me. They only wanted him. And I remember being devastated by that. Um, so when Fit Girl Code came around, I was like, oh my God. And it was really such a pivotal moment for me, um, because it kind of was the first step of seeing like, okay, this is, this is Nikki Pebbles. Like I'm, I'm featured someplace, just me by myself. So yeah, like it was a really big thing for me. And I still remember getting that email being like, ah, that's so amazing. I mean, you're kind of like a master manifester, in my opinion, because when I was reading up on you, I saw like after 2014, you just kept like consistently hitting milestones. I mean, you taught New York City Fit Week. You were teaching at Swerve Fitness. You got certified in cycling. Like all these big changes were happening. Did you notice the small wins with the big ones or was it kind of just a bunch of momentum so you were caught up. It's so funny because I think back of that of that time of just like it didn't feel like wins at the time. It felt like a really big struggle, honestly. Um I think because I really in my 20s really struggled with self-confidence like a lot. And during that period of time too, I was going through I would say probably when I got into working with Swerve, um, I started to develop because I was, I was commuting about two and a half hours into New York city one way, um, teaching a 45 minute class and then commuting back or like just literally, there was so many changes going on at that time. And it was so survival driven. Um, and I started getting really stressed out and, Actually, during that time period, too, because I started getting stressed out, I started getting really depressed. I started getting really anxious because, again, it looks cool, but it was still – New York City Fitness is is a – it's a jungle, and it's hard. It's hard. Um, and I just – really struggled. I really struggled with trying to find my voice, with trying to find a place that, like, fit my vibe. Um and, you know, dealing with people consistently reviewing you, you know, it, it really is very intense in New York City, just regardless. But like the New York City fitness scene, especially that time was really, really tough. Um, but, but on the positive side, when I got into Swerve, that was the first, that was again, a really big milestone for me because I had to go through a five step audition process. Five. Wow. Five. It was crazy. And it was the first time that, again, I was, I remember it was probably the second audition of that whole process. And um, I finished, we had to do three songs. And I remember um, everyone's jaw, literally, and I'm not even just saying this, I taught and everyone's jaw was just open. And I thought I did something wrong. Like, I was like, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, what did I do? Like, holy crap. Like, I was really scared. And then I got an email from, um, an email from the manager to let everyone know if like you went through or not. And she was like, I'm not going to curse, but basically was like, holy, you know, ish. Um, you are a star. 
Oh my God. And I cried, cried because again, it was the first time that it, it, again, when you're struggling so hard with self-confidence and you were just constantly told over and over again in the first part of my career that like people walking out, people saying mean stuff, just people being mean. It, I, thought I was okay. I didn't think I was like a star. And then to hear someone say that and then consistently be told that throughout the audition process was just game changer for me. And then, but then it started getting harder, right? Once I got the job, now you're dealing with clients, you're dealing with all of this stuff. So that's when the anxiety came in, the depression came in. And then I had a gym who was a very big player trying to get into New York City. And um, during this time, I was really struggling with my weight because my hormones were wacky because I was so stressed. So I started gaining pretty fast, no matter what I did. Like I would eat a salad and my stomach would just like puff out like I was six months pregnant. Painful. Um, and I remember the the manager wanted to meet with me. And, um, I was like, Oh, cool. Like think like I gave my prices. Like I was like all ready to go. I was pumped because I was ready to move on from swerve. And this seemed like a really great next step. Um, and I got a call, I get a call 15 minutes before a sold out class at swerve. Right. I get a call from this gym saying, um, that, basically I had to lose weight or I couldn't work there because they felt like I was quote unquote, too fat for their clients to like me and that they were just nervous that something was going on um, and told me they were going to hire a nutritionist for me if I wanted to work there. Um, So I broke down right before class and then got it together and taught a 45-minute class after being told that. Um, And I actually ended up quitting fitness after that phone call because – I was so devastated, so devastated. And then funny story, two weeks later, I ended up booking not one, but two national fitness campaigns for two huge fitness brands. And I was like, okay. And like, amazing. it was just one of those things again, like it, it was, it was really upsetting, but I also didn't let the fat fact that I didn't look traditional at that time, weight wise, um, you know, I literally said to her, I could be a size, whatever, and I could still do circles around your size four instructors. So that has nothing to do with it. I'm really pleased that you bring it up because I think more, especially girls nowadays on like Instagram and I'm I'm talking like my nine-year-old niece is coming to me and she's like, oh, after she's had a pizza and she's like, I can't see my abs anymore. And I'm like, you're nine years old. Like you should not be, eat all the pizza, eat all the ice cream. Do you not think about like, you're going to burn it off, it's fine. But this is, I think it's such an important conversation because we are living it on Instagram where everyone is showing their best lives. And to, you know, not to be, you know, honest, it's like, it, it is bullshit. It's so, it's just fake. It is. And it's across so many different industries. I mean, like these companies, these people, they have to remind themselves constantly. There is a person on the other side of this that has a dream and a life and we could possibly be breaking who they are right now. There's a way to say no that isn't breaking who the person is, you know? Yeah, and it's constructive. There's a way of saying it that it's yes. constructive. And it's all about perception of what they think exactly. is right. And I think, you know, like a lot has happened in 2020, but I feel like we're in a, a time where everyone's getting awakened and there is a different way of doing things mm-hmm. and saying things. And you hit the nail on the head by, that's someone's dream. They are human. And it's like a child. If you shout at a child and say, you're rubbish, you, you're not that, you, you know, you're all these things, you're never going to make it them words they're going to start to believe. And I think that we're all just, you know, children in bigger totally. bodies. That's it. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm really thankful that you brought that up because I think it's so relevant. I think the biggest thing is like teaching young girls to raise their hand and their voices versus shrinking their bodies. 
You know, like that's the biggest thing that we need to teach them, you know, because that's, I spent my entire younger life being like, I just want to be skinny instead of raising my voice and raising my hand. You know, that's going to make a bigger difference. Yes, a hundred percent. I want to talk about 2016 and like it it was a hugely transformative year for you. I saw that you did your very first speaking event at the vault in San Francisco. It, can you tell us more about that moment and what led up to it and and how you celebrated that milestone or did it feel like a milestone at the time? You know what's so interesting is that so I've <laughs> It's so crazy because I said it was like my first like speaking, speaking event, but like I've done like so many public speaking things, especially being like a dancer and stuff like that. Like I've done, I've been in front of a camera and on stage literally my entire life, but I think that was really the first time that I was getting like paid to actually speak. So that was really really cool. And that was like the first trip that I was taking by myself. Like no one was coming with me and it just felt very, um, very like, oh, wow. Like, look at me. Like I'm doing this. Like I'm using my voice, right? Like it just (laughs) felt like, 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 oh my God. Like it was just really, I was, I just remember being so excited to, to be in that place. And it's interesting because I feel like after 2016, my life kind of took this like, like weird dip. Um, which again, you wouldn't know unless I spoke about it. And then I started speaking about it like after, but like 2016, I feel like I was really pushing myself out there speaker wise. And then like some personal stuff started happening after that. And that's when that's, that's when things started getting like, uh. but it's funny too, because 2016, I always think that's the year that I cut my hair short. And I, I'm a really big believer. Like <laughs> I was like, Oh God, why did I do that? I knew ish was going to get bad. Once I cut my hair short, like <laughs> so there's a lesson. That's amazing. Don't cut your hair. Otherwise everything will go to shit. <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, that was a big year for you though, because you spoke at the Passions to Profits event in Miami. You were part of Summer in the Square, which was an event with Crunch Gym, Empowered Fit Week. I mean, it's hard to live up to a year sometimes, you know, because there's just, it's that's just the way it is in most industries like entertainment or fitness. You'll have this big boom of work and then the lull comes and you have to remember to stay sane during the lull so that you'll, that you can know that the next high moments going to come. Well, it's interesting because after Thrive is when I quit fitness. So I like right after that, because I remember sending an email to my manager being like, oh, I need time off. I'm going to go into San Francisco. And then after that, a little bit after that was when I completely quit uh, fitness for a little bit. So it's just, it's so crazy, like looking back on things and being like, and just looking at it and be like, oh, right, like that's what happened then. Cause it like all mushes together. You know what I mean? Like you're just like, wow, what a timeline. But yeah, 2016 was wild. 2016 was a wild year. <laughs> I want to know what it was like partnering with a company. Like, right. So me and Ariel are obviously, she's American, I'm English. We always laugh about how I pronounce things and how she pronounced things. <laughs> Athleta. Is that right? And I say Athleta. Athleta. Damn. Damn. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I win again. I, f- I feel like you are always going to win this because you're both from the same place. So <laughs> I'm like at a disadvantage, really, being English. No, you're not. Stop. <laughs> well, when we have British guests, I'm going to be at a disadvantage. So it's okay. I'll say Athleta. Okay. Okay. So what was it like partnering with a company like Athleta, who, by the way, for our listeners, are owned by Gap. Um, so that's huge. Like that's got to feel pretty unreal to be to have such a prominent company on your side. Yeah, I've worked with them a lot during the years. I've done a lot of classes with them, even um as early as February 2020, I did a whole series with them in in California. So I really always love them. I love what they stand for. Um, I think they create 
a really diverse set for women. And, um, yeah, it was really cool. Again, one of those moments that like, I, I truly think when I look at, so I'll be 32 in November. Um, but so when I look back at that stage of pretty much all of my twenties, it, it was, everything was such a confidence boost because my confidence was so low. Like every time I scored one of those things, it just felt like another notch of like a little bit of more self-belief that I was like, oh, okay. Like I can do this. Oh, okay. Like I, I really struggled with confidence, but I also never really let that stop me. I kind of like, again, the notion of wanting to help other people always pushed me more than my own self-doubt because I thought, okay, well, even if I'm not feeling great, I still, I know what I'm saying is going to help other people. So let me just, let me focus on other people instead of, instead of focusing on my own lack of self-confidence, if that makes sense. It does because I mean, that's like, I think that's like spirituality 101. It's like focus on service and the return will come. And like, I think that confidence is a lifelong journey. But the fact that you persevered through lack of confidence and still manifested such big things, I'm really excited to see what this decade brings you because it's going to be insane. Yeah, it's amazing. If you were chosen to be part of the 2017 National Blink Fitness Ad Campaign. Right. It's so aligned with your vision, which I love. You know, it's so inclusive, your fitness. And I just want you to tell us a little bit more about that experience and about your motto as well, because I think everybody needs to uh, hear it. The blink thing was really, really cool. Like I applied for that, like just by a whim. Um, they did like a social media campaign about it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let me just try. Um, and I actually really didn't think I... Got it. But I think honestly, what was, I think what stole it for me was during the last round of the auditions, we had to go in front of like celebrity judges. And I, I forget what her name is, but she's from Orange is the New Black. Um, and I told her to come with me and to booty pop with me. And she was like, Oh no, I'm not going to do that. I go, no, 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 no. You need to come up here and we need to dance together. And I'm like almost positive that that is what, um, totally got it in the bag for me was, was the fact that I was able to get her up on stage with me and for her to booty pop with me. Um, so when I got that email, I was like, Oh my God. And it was really cool because it was throughout all of, all of blank across the country. And it was, uh, again, another game changer. And the fact that too, it was right on the cusp right after when everything happened with that gym telling me that I was quote unquote too fat to work with them. Um, it was just really cool to be, to be with a brand that, um, was so inclusive and it just felt really, really cool. And it was a really, really great experience working with them. That's amazing. I mean, it seems like the booty pop is a theme for you because <laughs> yeah. you got started as an entrepreneur because your booty pop in the jet. I've been booty popping since <laughs> since I could. Probably in the womb, I was booty popping. <laughs> <laughs> I love how open you are with your experience with health and body. If you know, I want the listeners to know that the way I found you was through TikTok, but I desperately needed somebody or something to help me start moving my body again because I had I I like had a very bad injury two years ago so I wasn't able to do the fitness I wanted to do anymore and then I just started getting a ton of weight and stopped moving when I say sedentary I, I've had a sedentary life for a long time and lo and behold I'm scrolling through TikTok and I see you and it just totally sparked my need to move again. So that's for the listener how I found Nikki. But you're so open about your experience with health, with body image, your relationship with food. I think that's so brave because I've struggled with a binge eating disorder my whole adult life. I mean, like from probably age 12 until only a few years ago when I really got a handle on it. And 
It's hard as hell to talk about eating disorders. It's hard to talk about your body. What was the evolution like for you of being able to talk about it? When did you feel like you were starting to be more open? So I first onsetted with eating with an eating disorder when I was 12. Um, I distinctly remember the day I was watching Mission Impossible 2. And I remember seeing the actress running down. She had like a white t-shirt on, jeans, running down the staircase. And I remember thinking to myself, if I want to be popular and cool and be famous one day, I have to be skinny and literally stopped eating the next day. Um, so mm. much so that I stunted my growth, um, lost my period at 12 um, for a full oh, year. Wow. And then I remember when I got my period back, I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm fat again. Like that. And like that was how deep it was. Um, and then again, just struggled throughout with body dysmorphia, body image, all of that. But I was always really open. Like I remember even in high school getting up in front of my health class and like talking about mm. anorexia and, and my experience with it. Um, and it's funny when you, I look back at like when I was in high school and even again, like how I mentioned teaching in the beginning, you know, like I laugh at it because I was like, how did I go from wanting to be an entrepreneur to a teacher? But when you look at all of these things, right? Like they all kind of connect because that like when I look at now, like, I am a teacher and I do talk about a lot of health stuff and I'm in the fitness industry and like all of it does end and I'm an entrepreneur. So all of it does end up coming together. Um, but, but I've always just been really open about it because even, and oh, always very open in, in the fact that I don't always have the answers and I still do struggle with it. So even though I still give, you know, I'm currently getting my master's in industrial psychology with focusing on how negative body image affects productivity and opportunities within the workplace and entrepreneurship. So like I will openly, I research it. I talk about it. I'm a researcher in the topic, but I'm always very open to the fact that I still do struggle with that stuff. And mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that I've learned that has helped me is um, understanding the psychology around how I feel about food and the psychology about how I feel about movement, because I think we just become like, we're hurt and we just want to feel better. Right. And I think yeah. it, it just comes down to the fact that I had to really discover my and I hate using the word issues because I feel like it sounds really negative, but I had to deal with my psychology around food and around movement and how I felt around it and, and, and teach myself the education on food and not to be scared of it. Um, and understanding that I am never going to be a six foot size zero type of person. I'm no. five, four. And no matter how thin I get, I still have an ass. <laughs> and, and that's just, that's just my body, you know, and your body changes. My body changes. My body is not going to be what it was when I was 16 or when I was 22. And, and it's understanding that my body isn't even what it looked like in January, you know, like it, right. it's changed because I went through such a traumatic last couple of months and my body, all my body, my body is my friend. And that's how I think about it. My body is my home. And what it does for me is protect me. And it, whether that means that I'm, I gained 15 pounds because it was doing only the best it could in that moment. Like I trust my body enough to, to, guide me in that. But that's also understanding that I took the time also to educate myself on these different topics so I can be intuitive with it. You know, so yeah. it it's 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 a journey, but I'm so open to talk about it because so many women deal with it and because we don't talk about it. Um so that's why I'm an open book when it comes to body image. I feel like it's so refreshing though for you to actually talk about it like the way that you do because it's encouraging because we all have the same issues and I think you touched on a great point about 
psychology because you know understanding your triggers it, it fascinates me as well like what I see happening with my niece and you know when you said you you know when it was it was 12 years old you saw this beautiful woman it tv is so powerful and when they talk about nowadays changing like you know the image of a woman on tv so there there you know there's lots of different body types that is powerful without realizing i think a really big thing too that has helped me as well is understanding like i'm so much more than my body like i'm i'm super smart and super driven and my worth isn't just my body but like also too like i read this book where is it i read this book um break your glass slippers and she says this quote that says you know you're limitless you can be both you can both wear the lipstick and have the sword and i think it's it's like one of my favorite quotes because it i think it just really showcases like what we were just talking about in terms of like a lot of things. I mean, you can make the parallels with so many things, but in regards to the body, like you can be both super, super smart and like own and be powerful in your body, but you can also like own that masculine energy, but be super feminine. And I think as women, we're, we're so forced to like only think of beauty as like our own, like that's all we chase is we have to look young. We have to look pretty. We have to look thin, but like we get to define what all of that means we also don't have to choose one of the other. 100%. Does that make sense? Like, I just Perfect. feel like yeah. we're Perfect. so pushed to do one thing. And like, yeah. why can't we be both the sword and the lipstick at the same time? Definitely. And it comes down to what you said in the very beginning of, of, of this topic, which is it comes down to the psychology. What is your relationship with food? What is your relationship with your body? I feel like people... Like the general public, they forget that sometimes your body is bigger because you've had abuse and you're trying to protect yourself. And sometimes your body is bigger because you have thyroid issues or whatever it may be, or maybe your body's too small for the same reasons, you know? And and when you know your psychology, even if it's medical, when you know your psychology behind the why that is your body and your relationship with food, then it can heal. Definitely. And I feel like you're doing that for all your followers all the time, you know, the energy and the uh, education that you bring. And I want to talk about the 2019, you did a shoot with Self Magazine. Yes. That's huge. Well done. Yes. Huge. Uh, <laughs> breakthrough. Um, <laughs> How did that opportunity come about? And like, were you nervous? And oh did my you God. celebrate? That was the, I would say, top two, probably number one of my career thus far was getting to shoot with Self Magazine. I wanted to poop my pants when I found out I got that <laughs> shoot. Um, again, I got an email saying that they were looking for auditions for models. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, let me just do it. And um, I went and I remember it was the fastest audition I've ever done in my life. Um, and she was like, I really like your hair. And I was like, thanks. And when I tell you it was maybe five minutes, like I did a quick little workout thing. They were like, oh, can you just, can you just be in front of the camera and just talk? And I was like, oh, of course I can. That's super easy. <laughs> sure. Um, I've been talking in front of the camera since I was two. So I was like, of course. And I walked out of there and I was like, I got it. Like I knew right off the bat. I was like, I got this. And, uh, but not like, you know what? No, I got it. I was going to say not in a cocky way, but we're allowed to be confident. So I knew I got it. Like I walked away. I was like, yeah, I got this. Um, and when I got that email, um, I literally jumped up and I squealed. I was like, ah, it was so cool. And it was such a beautiful experience. That was probably the proudest. I, one of the most proudest moments of my career because I always wanted to do that. Like that was like, I always, I grew up with my mom buying self magazine and it was just one of those things where like, and also too, my 
they were they started putting um stuff out like the the pictures out the day of my 31st birthday and i was the first featured model that was out and and i remember someone ta- i didn't even know someone tagged me in the post and I was like, this is the best birthday present ever. And it was so cool. It was so cool. Oh, the fact that you celebrated that moment. I really do. And I love seeing you celebrate the people who inspire you, like Beyonce, Queen V, and uh, and Gary V. I love Gary V. I know he, he ruffles a few feathers, but I feel like he just has a different way of making you think about stuff. And- I met him actually um, in 2016. Um, uh, I should send amazing. you the video because you would laugh hysterically because I cried. Like, I yes. <laughs> my one of my biggest goals is to be on his podcast. Like, I so badly want to be on his podcast. Like, you have no idea. I love Gary Vee. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, no, I love no, Gary like, Vee. we're celebrating <laughs> Gary Vee. He's amazing. I love him too. You're not afraid to share moments um, when you're, you know, you're someone's fan, which I feel like, again, is so refreshing in a world where people seldomly celebrate others on their platforms. I think it's that energy that leads you to moments like <laughs> dancing on stage with Neo at MSG. <laughs> yeah. Like when, when I found this out, I was like, this is, she's basically channeling Courtney Cox <laughs> with Bruce Springsteen dancing in the dark video. I was like, please, please tell me how that came about. And was it pre-planned or did you just get pulled up on stage? I just got, okay. So I got tickets for my 30th birthday to go and went with a friend. I'm a huge Neo fan. And I was literally just sitting in the audience and his manager came up to me and was like, hey, we're doing a dance set. And you know what's so crazy was prior to his manager coming up to me, I turned to my friend and I was like, I wonder if he's going to have backup dancers. Like, I wonder what it takes to, like, to be a backup dancer uh, for Neo. And then literally 30 minutes later, his manager is coming up to me being like, hey, do you want to come on stage? And my friend Tara goes, um, yes, she does. And <laughs> literally it happened so fast. They grabbed me. I went backstage and, um, and that was that. And like, I didn't know the song like that they were going to play. All I knew was that I was going to dance on stage. I didn't even have time to be nervous because it happened so quick. And the fact that I did that in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I did, did they know that you were a dancer? No. So no. they just literally, it was either the red hair or I'm going to bet it's the energy that you give off. I mean, I dance everywhere I go. So I was jamming out, but like they only saw a little, you know, like I went full, when I got on that stage, I went full blown choreography, like just, like just went for it. Um, It was insane. It was insane. And from the moment I, like, if you watch the video, you hear the drums and it goes, ta-ta. And I did this thing where I was like, just like popped out and all of a sudden you just heard the whole crowd go, Oh, shit! It was just so cool. I bet it was the booty pop. I bet it was the booty pop. It was the booty saw. pop for sure. It was the booty pop. Again, the booty pop just follows me I know, everywhere. Your booty like pop it, is magic. Oh, it's you know, magic. It is. I should put that on the shirt. My booty pops are magic. They yes, really are. Should. They really are. <laughs> that might be your promo. My booty pops are magic. You know, I'll share a story with you. The night that Twinny signed her record deal, I was in London at the time. We went to dinner, and I'm only sharing this because of the energy comment that Twinny said earlier. Um, So we were at dinner. We were all talking about who our, like, dream duet would be. And I said that my dream duet would be James Bay. Flash forward, like, a couple hours later, we meet up with our friend John, and we're doing karaoke. It's a very dark room, and there's about... 10 Jameses in the room. Okay. So by the time I was introduced with all the Jameses, I literally said, I'm, sh- and I'm guessing your name is James too. Like, ha ha ha, whatever. So at this point, not aware of any of who the Jameses are. And I'm singing Otis Redding sitting on the dock of the bay. And I hear this male voice join me. And I'm like, that sounds like vaguely like James Bay's voice, but I'm just going to finish out the song. And I sit down and our friend Anna goes, 
babe, you manifested that so fast. And I was like, what? She goes, you just sang a duet with James Bay. And I was like, no, I didn't. Because he had cut his hair and I didn't recognize him. And I was like, okay, I need to be more specific. I want to be doing a duet on a record or on tour. (laughs) It was brilliant. And her face... She was so not, she was like so unaware. I was like, baby, you do realize that's like James Bear there. She was like, no, I did not realize. <laughs> I had no idea. Zero, so zero funny. idea. <laughs> there were a lot of Jameses in the room, in my defense. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now we're at present day and you have this awesome program, Rock Your Body. Tell us how you developed it. What's it grown into since your inception of it? And and just like, how has it shifted your career? I first started Rock Your Body, I would say the I thought of it probably at the end of 2019. Um, I wanted to develop because I was teaching in New York City at the Monster Cycle. And then I was teaching, I had a thing called the Pebble Rebel Dance Jam that I was doing in New York City too. Um, but I wanted to create a more concrete program just because I wanted it to be bigger than just a Nikki Pebbles thing. I wanted it to be, I'm a brand, but I wanted it to be like, like a bigger outside of me. Um, so that's kind of like where it came up from. And, you know, I started to figure out, I was like, okay, I think I really want to develop my own app and like a membership and things like that. I went to um, California, February, 2020, literally right before the pandemic went nutso. And um, Neo U, which is a, a pretty big production studio in New York City, they were having a competition for like the next big dance brand. And I had a bunch of people who were like, Nikki, you should, you should put in for this. And I was like really back and forth, but I'm like, you know what? Whatever. I knew some of the people at Neo U because I've recorded some stuff for them before. So it was like this big competition. I was like, well, you know what? I'll put in Rock Your Body, um, Rock Your Body Online, and I'll just put it on there and, and see what happens. Worst case scenario, like nothing happens. Well, I ended up getting top three um, yes. in the competition. And again, it was, I feel like it's so funny because so many moments of my life where like I've doubted myself and then the universe just comes right in and just to remind me like, um, excuse me, you are that B-I-T-C-H and like you need to believe in yourself. <laughs> you know, like that, I just feel like the universe just always has my back in that. Um, So I didn't end up winning. I ended up coming in second place, but that trip was life-changing and that and that's not even like an understatement that trip taught me because I went by myself no one was with me I let in I just you know really put foot to pavement I contacted all of these studios like by myself we'd call them and be like hi my name's Nikki Pebbles and I teach this thing and I would really love to teach at your studio you know and just tried to push it that way again very similar now that I think about it to like how I very first started was just going door to door and that's literally what I did in California in February was went door to door. And at the time to rock your body, when I entered that competition, it was so bright. I, I didn't even push it out yet. Like it didn't even have a website. I think I bought the domain, but like that was it. And I was just like, you know what? Let's just do it. People know who I am and I'll just push it that way. And the fact that I got second place in like a huge competition like that was just um, again, another big thing, like after I landed, I found out that I lost literally landing back into New York. Like I landed and I found out that I didn't get the, I didn't get it. And I was upset, but then I thought to myself, okay, well, you know what? This is just further proof that this actually works, that people are interested and it boosted my visibility massively. Um, and right after that, um, the pandemic hit and then I started on TikTok and then TikTok completely changed my business. Um, and I would say I launched Rock Your Body online May 1st. 
um, and thought at first I was so scared. I was so scared. Cause I was like, Oh my God, like the first 24 hours, I think I only had like four or five people sign up. And I was like, Oh my God, what am I doing? What am I doing? And fast forward to today, I have over 200 people in, in the virtual gym. So it's so cool. It's so cool. Like, and I probably sound like a little kid, but it's so cool. It really is so cool to see just the development of it. And for me, you know, I'm just such a big component of inclusivity and giving people, all humans, a space to feel comfortable in. Because I think the fitness industry has done a really terrible job of opening up the fitness space for people who who just don't fit what they want. Um, fitness shouldn't be scary. Um, everyone should feel included in movement. I think movement has saved my life in so many different instances. Um, and is so such a close thing to my heart. And I just wanted to create a space where it wasn't scary, that it was actually fun, that it wasn't you know, I took from my own experiences from dealing with hormonal issues and weight issues and realized what really worked for me. Um, and just with my education kind of created programs around that. But I think the most important part is that I just created a space that made all humans feel powerful. And, um, you know, I try to put that into everything that I do because I just, as someone who has never really felt like they fit in ever in my life, I know what that feels like. And I know what it feels like to be pushed out and feel like you don't belong and that you don't have a place. And I don't want anyone else to feel that way. So that's why I really just created a space for people to turn their lights on. Well, well you, you feel like mine. a champion. <laughs> yeah. We're both about to, we're so in tune, we're about to say the same thing. Exactly. I can gar- thing. guarantee what she was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> you go. You go, Ariel. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, you've already become my fitness BFF, and I definitely want to be your BFF in real life. <laughs> oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> you know, we always end the podcast with two questions. I'm going to start with mine. If you could experience or relive a moment in your career again, which would it be? Not change it, just re-experience it. Ooh, not change it. Oh, interesting. Um, huh. Probably the Neo experience. That to me, even though it wasn't fitness related, it was a really pivotal moment for me because it just was like the universe's shove to showcase like girl, be the light. The light thing is a really big deal with me. I have a a huge saying that I'm definitely, I'm paraphrasing it, but um, I've dealt with a lot of gaslighting in my life. Like a lot of people trying to dim my light. Um, And, you know, a lot of gaslighters will always be like, they see your light, right? When people see your light, they see it and they want to they want to tune it out. They want to turn it down. And then they ask you, well, why aren't you shining anymore? Um, And, I look at that moment with Neo as the pivotal moment for me that turned my light on. That really, and I think the self magazine thing too was another, both those things were just two really big lights. And I talk about it, I get chills, but like two really big indicators of like, and even the rock your body online, like now, like it's these experiences that make me realize that like, my gift to bring it back to the beginning of what I said, like I always struggled with what my gift was and what my talent was. I think I really was put on this earth to be a light and to be and help other people, other women turn their light on and it be okay to be powerful. Um, so yeah, I think that was like a really big experience, the Neo thing as a way of like being like, be, we're going to put you on stage with a celebrity in front of thousands of people and you're going to be a light. So yeah. I love that. You're going to shine and be a star. I mean, your energy is very bright. It's as bright as your hair. I wish the the listeners could see it. I love, I love red hair, by the way. I used to be be a redhead for like 10 years. It's life changing. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I do do miss it. I very much, I might go back. Yes. Him, so yeah, Madra the Red Crew. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, we always finish like Ariel says. Um, 
with two questions. And mine is, what do you want your next breakthrough moment to be? Um, I would love, huh, my next breakthrough moment. I was going to be like, you want to back and dance for Beyonce. Right? Oh my God, that would be incredible. You know what? I know, actually. I would love, I would love to work with Lizzo. I would love to be like, and here's the thing. When I say personal trainer for Lizzo, it's not to change her body. I, I, hopefully people know by now that not it's not my thing to be like, oh my God, I'm going to change people's bodies. But I just love what she stands for in terms of body positivity. And I would love to be on her team. And I think it would be absolutely amazing to work with her. Yeah, um, that would be pivotal. Also too, I would love to launch my own hair dye, um, Pebble Rebel Red, you know, just throwing that into the universe too. That would be, I love love that. I love that. Right. We need to manifest this stuff. (laughs) Honestly, I'm not even worried about you manifesting it. You're you're just such a master manifester. (laughs) We're going to see it on the shelves in like six months. I'm going to be like, damn, that girl moves fast. (laughs) Definitely. That's what I'm hoping. Like it's it's crazy. It it this conversation has like blown my mind because I really haven't like thought about like my whole career until this conversation. And I'm like, damn, like it's nuts. I mean, for me, it's like I just again, I think my entire career has prepared me. I always wanted to be like, why isn't it happening yet? Like, why, why am I not where I want to be yet? But I think all of those things prepare you for a bigger platform. And when you get a bigger platform, there comes, you know, more problems and and different issues and conversations and opinions. And I think my past has really prepared me for that next level, that next breakthrough thing, because I I really do feel in my bones. Like for me, I just, I want to have like a, a huge ass conference of just powerful humans in a room and help younger girls realize that like we're smashing what the paradigm and what we're taught that women should be like and act like and and you know not that there's anything wrong with getting married or or doing any of that but let's learn to celebrate other accomplishments other than that stuff you're so much more than what we've been told that we should be and Mm -hmm. I just want to be an example of that well you are certainly an example you've been an absolute light a pure joy to interview thank you so much for your time um, it's been absolutely amazing it really has I had such a great time this is awesome we're so glad I mean this is why we do it because we want to remind you amazing people how much you've already done and how it's led to what's coming you know that's just that's just the beginning and end to it so thank you for being here thank you for having me (laughs) for great fitness tips workouts and motivation follow nikki on instagram and tiktok at nikki pebbles n-i-k-k-i P-E-B-B-L-E-S. And of course, follow us on Instagram at breaking through underscore the podcast or TikTok at breaking through podcast. I want to know, do you do that on purpose that you always get the to spell the easy names? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. You never know. Mm-hmm. Dum, dum, dum. Yeah, it's funny. You write the scripts as well, which I mainly go off. I'm so sorry. <laughs> As always, we're grateful you've joined us today and we hope you leave a little more inspired to celebrate yourself. Join us next week on Breaking Through the Podcast.